0: Almost a year ago, actually this September 10th will be the first anniversary, I was ordained here, exactly here, the Bishop of Steubenville. And I'm very grateful to be here. Actually delighted to be here today, especially for the celebration of the Eucharist, in which we also have the celebration of the Oath of Fidelity, not to mention to have our new students here as well. I mentioned that I have not even been here a year yet. You probably can tell from my accent. I come from Michigan, uh, between Ann Arbor and Detroit, actually, is where I grew up. My mother still lives in our original home. And for six years, prior to my coming here, there was a little delay of about four months. I was a pastor of a parish, but before then, I was director rector of a seminary for six years. And it was great, it was a blessing to be the rector and president of Sacred Heart Major Seminary. And I had outstanding professors. What names, of course, I could drop and the faculty here would certainly know right away, like a Dr. Ralph Martin or a Dr. Janet Smith. Stellar professors. And so the question was, when I arrived, not that I was going to test the orthodoxy or the truth that's being taught, but of course I listened, I trusted, but my ears were also on something else, and that was how we conducted ourselves. Were we together as a family, as a community, as a team? What I saw impressed me, I actually was in awe. It seemed nearly surreal to see so many of these theological and philosophical home run hitters, as we would say in baseball, sitting at a faculty meeting. And ideas were bouncing back and forth, and they were so respectful of each other, even when one would criticize the other. We would not go into a passive-aggressive mode. There would be discussion. The same thing with the priests. There were 14 priests that lived at the seminary. And none of us is a cookie-cutter priest other than we follow our Lord Jesus Christ and his mission. We embrace his word. We celebrate his body and blood. But what I saw among those men was also quite surreal. I was in awe. We worked well together. The point of this little observation is that, yes, we taught the truth, but we also have to have the right method. How do we do that? We stay unified. That is imperative. How we priests conducted ourselves with one another, how we conducted ourselves in the midst of fraternity was contagious. If we criticized each other all the time, became boisterous toward one another, those were the type of seminarians that were going to come out of the seminary and become priests. It's the same with us when it comes to us Christians. How... Unified are we? We are blessed to possess the truth. Are we willing to share that with one another though? How do we do just that? In a recent Matthian commentary by Curtis Mitch and Edward Sri, names that are familiar around here, I'm sure, It's asserted that the question that was posed Jesus today in the Gospel passage, the one that he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? It is not a trick question but a question to discover Jesus' ability to be a competent teacher of the law. Think about it, you professors, one of you to be a first reader, another a second reader, And Jesus is the student. He knows all. And instead of just saying, I know it all, leave me alone, he delves in and explains all that occurred in sacred scripture, the Hebrew scriptures, before his arrival and helped define who he is. I ask us the question, where lies our competency here at Franciscan and yes even me the bishop? Well, I'm not going to elucidate on the numerous theological foundations of this answer, otherwise I would have to request our academic dean to grant two credit hours for everybody in here for church ecclesiology yeah, laugh, it would be a 28-hour homily, too. <laughs> I'll share one word. Unity. Jesus speaks of just that in those two commandments. Unity. In the recent encyclical letter, the light of faith, lumen fide, Pope Francis instructs you and me that the unity of faith is integral to the church's ability to do Jesus Christ's work. We need to be together. Will we argue? Debate? Of course, in order to discover that truth, but the truth is already there. Unity in faith is much, much more than to be united in a common cause. Do Do not get me wrong, common good causes are noble. But what the Holy Father underscores here is unity in truth. Pope Francis further instructs that we can easily misunderstand unity, unity in truth, as being incompatible with freedom of thought or autonomy. The love, the truth, Jesus speaks of today is for us to see the truth also through the eyes of others. And this requires truth. To love others enriches and deepens our vision, our faith in the one truth, Jesus Christ. At Franciscan University, we echo the words of St. Leo the Great quoted by this encyclical letter, if faith is not one, Then it is not faith. Yes, faith is one because it is directed to the Lord. Franciscan University is one because, yes, it is directed to the Lord. To love God, to love neighbor. How do we do this? we already are in the recent Franciscan way in Emily Simpson's article her interview of Curtis Martin Mr. Martin states states it plainly for all of us to understand to follow Jesus Christ this brings us back to Jesus' words of instruction today. Again, to love God and neighbor. To live in the unity of truth. How will you and I respond? There's an old saying that God does not want our ability or our inability. God desires our availability. How will you and I respond?